All right, welcome back to an, another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. For the first time in not quite half a year, I don't know how many months that is, four months. Anyway, it's been a long time since we've had the baseball bunch together. Is that trademarked? Um, uh, let's hope. Let's hope so. Yeah, because it's a terrible, terrible name. I do think it's funny. There's a, a, a clip they keep showing of Ted Williams making an appearance on it, and he keeps referring to the kids as bunch. Not the bunch, or just, okay, bunch. Anyway. Like, like Mike Ditka says, gang? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, okay, that's great. I like that. So, uh, with me, as always, uh, although I, I can't introduce him the same way I always have, it's uh, Sam Fells from Deadspin. You, you, that sound, is, that is... you sound legit. It's, uh, well, it's <laughs> like, it's maybe half legit, yeah. but yes. That is, well, more legit. That, that is my new uh, place of uh, dwelling. Internet dwelling. Uh, I don't. I don't physically dwell there, but uh, yes, that's that's where you can find me. And of course, we have Kyle. Kyle Reichert. Hi, Kyle. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. So it's funny. We kept. Well, when are we going to do another one of these? Oh, we'll wait for baseball to come back, and then baseball <laughs> kept not coming back. Um, now apparently they're back. When it suddenly seems like maybe not a great idea, but. Um, I'll be glad to have them back because, quite honestly, I need something to watch. And I'm selfish that way. Um, so we don't, obviously, don't, nobody needs to rehash them basically simply fighting over money. Um, yes. But what is interesting is it seemed like this was the first time, at least for baseball, where fans seemed to finally get it right and aligned themselves in overwhelming numbers behind the players instead of the asshole billionaire owners. They went with the asshole millionaires instead of the asshole billionaires, which I 100% sign off on. Even as a little kid, I kept wondering why people were always mad at players when there was a work stoppage. Um, But this time it seemed that fans were like, hey, they're doing the playing. They probably should get paid. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was nice. Yeah, I I would like to think, and this is horribly optimistic, that because asshole billionaires have got us in this mess that and I mean society and worldwide really um, that people's patience for any group of asshole billionaires has just worn thin I doubt that's the case I think the case here is that the group of asshole billionaires that make up the MLB owners were just on such a ridiculous platform for this that everyone could see they were trying to go back on something they had actually agreed to that was in writing. And even the most ardent moron could probably see what was really going on here. I'm not exactly sure what's, what the truth is. Uh, and I don't mean to uh, minimize the ridiculousness of the fight that we all live through to get to this joke of a baseball season. But, you know, there's been this there's been this current of thought, well, look what they've missed out on and look what they could have done. I don't know that they've actually missed out on anything because I I think this is the most amount of baseball they could play. Like, I don't think if, if they were hand-in-hand hand and singing Kumbaya around a campfire, there'd be baseball going on right now. They're, it's not safe. Right. And it's probably not going to be, it's not going to be safe when they do start playing. Um, so it still was stupid and it still didn't have to happen, but I, I feel like end of July, August is is as soon as they could have started if everything had gone according to plan. 
And so it, it, it makes you wonder why they couldn't have figured out why the owners couldn't have kind of figured that out and then not done the thing where they kept making the exact same offer just with <laughs> more games and less a, a lower percentage of prorated pay every single time where it would it would always come out within like a hundred million dollars of the last offer that they made <laughs> somebody could have went guys i don't think we can actually get started until the end of july anyway we can offer them a bunch of games and then tell them sorry it's not safe to have them right here you go but they they just they refused to do that and then we had the report that eight teams didn't want to play at all and so it's like well if there's eight i would guess the Ricketts are one of those eight just because it seems very on brand for them Yes, to be like, ah, fuck it. We're going to lose too much money. We just don't want to do it at all. Well, it would have to be because they told us that 70% of their revenue comes from game day sources, which is utter horseshit. Yes. But if they're not going to get any of that, you could see where they would be front and center of not wanting to play. Because they'd be missing out on all that revenue they claim they have to have. Yeah, and then we get the amazing, you know, they the fact that they want people to feel sorry for them. Now, not this is this is all the owners, but the Ricketts maybe front and center, with the idea that well we're going to lose a lot of money this year. It's like all right, well who buys into it? Who who gets the luxury of buying a business that's going to turn a profit every year? You know, the idea is you're, you want to have more good years than bad years, and over time you accumulate wealth, but they already come in with wealth, and they yes. just expect this to be you know, free wealth every year, and when they run into one year where they're going to lose money, they act like they're going to have to shut down, which is bullshit. But they, and it's amazing that they think they're going to get, maybe it's because in the past they've somehow been able to get sympathy for it, but there wasn't an appetite for it this time, thankfully. Yeah, I, I I think it also has a little to do with the baseball owners just don't they don't come from the same place that they used to. When we were kids, like you knew the families that owned all the all the baseball teams. They'd been in that family for a while. We, you know, even here it was a Tribune company or whatever. And now every owner is just some tech bro or hedge fund jackass. So they're not likable from the moment they show up. Um, and I think that helps turn people against them. I also am fascinated every time that the owners and Rob Manfred and the whole whole owners team still doesn't know what Twitter does and <laughs> what sites like Fangraphs and Prospectus do because, they, as you said, they would dress up the same offer every time. And then within an hour, the media that is not in their pocket, which is Fangraphs and Prospectus and all these other places – would immediately tear apart their their offer and say it's the same thing and everyone would know it. And they're so used to having Heyman and, and Rosenthal and all these people who are who will pair it for them uh, have done for years that, would, well, this is another offer from the owners they're really making an attempt. And then within an hour, we knew that it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, they were they were immediately leaking it to <laughs> sleep-deprived Carl Rabbit, who was <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> doing a Korean baseball game at 2 in the morning going, oh, this offer looks good. The players better say yes to this. And, right. then, and then Bob Nightingale, who has the critical thinking of a parrot. He's had, he's had quite the quarantine, old Bob has. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to play, I guarantee it. And then he'd be like, oh shit, maybe they're not going to. But yeah, it was a safe bet that they were going to. So then the thought becomes, all right, you know, they, it's, oh, and can we get people to stop calling it spring training? 
They're not it going. Not. They're not going back to spring training. It's summer. It's ninety-five degrees outside. It this yeah. certainly is not spring. Well, people don't want to call it summer camp. I do. I love it. I think they should. <laughs> I think they should. I think but... they should go with. They should have backpacks, and they should all have like a, a a can of Mountain Dew wrapped in aluminum foil to try to keep it cold all day. <laughs> and a cubby, like a little yes. cubby. They should set up cubbies on like the third base line where they have to go and put their stuff. So they're going to start at the time when um, it's not even a second wave. It's just the the continue the return of the first wave, um, which makes you think, oh, my God, what if they don't finish? But the whole goal for the owners is to get to the playoffs because that's where they that's where they do make money. In fact, this year they make even more money because they don't have to pay the players anything for the playoffs. The players turned in their when they turned down that last offer, they gave up their pool of playoff money. And so that's when the TV money goes up and the player money goes down. So it, it could very well just be the last team standing. You got nine guys who haven't tested positive. You're the <laughs> right. world champ. You win. And we're going to play with ghost runners and ghost fielders. And that's it. Well, they need to start every inning with a guy at second base. Do we have a healthy player? Could you, guys, could you go out and stand on second? <laughs> okay, don't, don't go out. Don't go out. There. Don't fine. go out there. Um, it is. I mean, we we should we should go no further without saying that it is patently ridiculous that they are starting at all. There should not be baseball this season. There shouldn't be any sport until October. Uh, if baseball really wanted to do this, they would have made contingency plans for a bubble neutral site in the fall and winter and that's the only time they would have gotten baseball in um i don't know what exactly the damage will be i think these organizations can create some sort of impenetrable bubble for their teams the soccer leagues in europe have done it for the most part but just that the idea that that's not a sure thing should mean they shouldn't be playing I mean, just the idea that they can't guarantee that means it's 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 ridiculous that they're even going to try. That's the thing I kind of don't get, even about the even the way they've aligned the schedule with the geographical thing between leagues or where the Cubs and Sox are playing ten times or whatever. But like, even by doing that, even by keeping it to division specific and opposite league, same division specific, you're still you still have travel between South Florida and the Northeast and right. Houston and Seattle. Arizona yeah, and, exactly. Yes. Arizona and LA and everything. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's actually really solving anything. Right. And and, and there there's no plan for I mean, I don't know what okay, I guess it's these massive taxi squads, but if like ten guys test positive on a team before a series, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um I don't uh, I, I you, I, I understand the, the the aligning it by division, where you could, if you did the schedule right, you'd have like three road trips for the whole year. Yeah, that like you you would play you would play basically all your home games against the Brewers at once. Yep, and then you would play all your home games against the Cardinals at once, and then you would head out for two weeks, and then that would be it. You know, you wouldn't have to go back to Cincinnati and. Everyone wants to hear the phrase, you don't have to go back to Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, but Or Detroit. Or Detroit. But at the same time, you're still 
these guys are going to have to stay in hotels. These hotels are not going to be – the staff of these hotels are not going to be quarantined. They can go home and, and, and come back. And So uh, I feel like as we get closer, the, the number of players who are just like, no, I'm not doing this, is just going to grow. Um, and, and it's only been a handful so far, but – you know, uh, and, and but you know, Jordan Zimmerman and, and Tyson Ross are not that crucial to the Nationals' uh, fortunes, but they are somewhat, and I think it's just going to go from there. And then, when some team loses like three fifths of its rotation and maybe half a starting infield, someone's going to be like, "What are we doing here?" Yeah. I mean, I think so. You're, you're going to start with thirty, a roster with thirty players. I think for the first couple of weeks, so they're, they're specific, we're not exactly. Um, drowning in specifics. I know you this. <laughs> no, you're not. And um, I've also forgotten who's on the Cubs. I cannot remember. So the idea of when when that first starts, the Cubs will have 30 players together in at Wrigley, and then 30 players in beautiful South Bend. Right. That they and, can just call up. Right. right. But what happens if a team's alternate site becomes ravaged by? COVID. And all of a sudden, you don't have anybody. You have to quarantine them all. You don't have anybody you can call up. I mean, that's it could happen either place. I mean, I guess it's better to have them separate because then you've at least, it has to happen in two places, but... My money's on South Bend. Yeah, I'm surprised. Well, I don't know if any if if any kind of virus can live in Indiana. Gets (laughs) gets attacked by all kinds of things. I would argue only viruses live in Indiana. (laughs) Maybe there's a super strain of venereal disease or something that will take out COVID and it'll be the one place you're safe. So that could be, you know, so that could be your issue. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's inevitable that every team's going to have people test positive and people are going to quarantine. And, and obviously the, the thing they're banking on is that, uh, you know, athletes would, you know, the healthier you are, you know, the, the, better you could ward this off but that also just sounds like bullshit at least it certainly cannot be unanimous and the worst thing that can happen is somebody could die i mean that's somebody could die that's and, literally and, and, the worst thing that can happen is a, a major league one, baseball player dies of covid19 one person dying even if it's a player a coach a, a hotel staff is is too many i know we don't i know this country as a whole just shrugs off any number of deaths, but one is is too many. Uh, and th- I mean, I don't know that. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but we we don't know the long term effects of this. Like Rudy Gobert still says he yeah. can't smell anything. Uh, you could get this, not really get that sick, and then find out in a year's time your your lungs are cabbage. Yeah. Um. So it's stupid. And I still kind of hold out hope that once camps are really open, although that's what tomorrow, right? They, they or today when people are listening to this, that the players' union is just going to be like, you know what? We can't. Oh, we can't not, do this. No, they're not going to do it. They're now once once this is set up, the two sides are pretty much in agreement. They, I mean, the players are there because enough of them wanted to get paid. That they want to play, right? It's not they're not being. They're, I mean, some of them peer pressure is making them feel like I, I I don't want to go, but I don't want to be the guy who doesn't go. Some of them said, "Fuck it, I'm not going." Right. But a bunch of them haven't. They're 
they're going. And then in a weird way, because the the United States in general just got tired of, you know, doing things that would keep us from spreading the virus. That they just right. we got to open. We're opening. Honestly, they might be safer doing this than just <laughs> being at home and going. Screw it. Let's go get. Let's go to a bar. Screw it. Let's go Depending to dinner. where they live. Yeah. Right. So I mean, there's there's some of them that honestly that the, the in a lot of, for a lot of them the risk probably isn't any greater than if they don't play. And for some of them, it might actually be lower. I mean, it's just really weird. If we as a country could have actually continued to sacrifice, um, then yes, this would really seem dumb. You'd be like, holy shit, every, the whole world is, the whole country is shut down, but the baseball players are going, well, that's not the case anymore. Um, you know, people are out doing whatever, and that seems fine. And then there's, then they're talking about, well, you know, we could probably put 8,000 people in Wrigley. It's like, Jesus, who would want to be one of those people? Well, I got my. I got my issues with uh, Officer Lori, but she put the kibosh on that pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, saying that's make not going to happen. Sense. I can't think of a worse place to go than concourse, you know, mini concourse Wrigley Field where, oh, sure, well, I can sit, I can space myself out in the seats, but if I want to, you know, when I need go to go to the, the camp. Can't and then when I go, I got. I'm sure those troughs. COVID can't live in the troughs. <laughs> that, that's what I was gonna say. Those bathrooms actually may be the safest place <laughs> yeah. in the life. It's the COVID evacuation zone. Go in the bathrooms. Nothing can live in there, including you. Yeah, I, I, you know, we we talked about this on the pre-show. I, I I definitely believe they're gonna start. And until recently, I thought, well, they're gonna start. But I just don't see them finishing. But the more I think about it, I don't know what it would take for them to not finish. Yeah, I, I. What would what What do you think the the trigger would be where they say, okay, we have to stop? It would have to be the worst, the worst case scenario of like entire teams, being or at like, least three quarters of like multiple teams yeah, are just like we can we can't scrape together a freaking line. <laughs> we can't we can't physically put a team out there. Although we could end up like the the women's soccer league and a team is just like, Nope, we can't can't do it. And everybody else is like, we'd like the money. So we're going to continue. (laughs) We're going to take the wins that we would, that from you. And we're just going to keep going. Don't worry about it. Would anybody, would anybody miss the pirates? No, that's fine. Well, to defend the NWSL, they need the money. Um, Yeah. That's what I mean. But I, the, I don't. At think, this point, baseball's like, ah, we gotta have it. They don't. Ba- baseball's but, not gonna fold. No team's gonna fold. That's the thing that galls me is that none of the four major sports it was any team ever in danger of folding. No. And could definitely take the hit and just would have to ride it out for a couple years, which these guys are all playing the long game anyway. You know, you say, what business do you get into where you're guaranteed yearly profits? They're not even in it for the yearly profits. They're in it for franchise value. Yeah. So those are going to go a return to normal pretty quickly, relatively speaking, a year or two. So the whole thing is fucked, and it's hard to ignore. But at the same time, I'll be, I'm staying in my house. I'll have nothing to do, so I'll watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly am not going to pretend that I won't be watching all of this stuff. Right, I watch I wrestling will. now, and that's scary. <laughs> like so, um, I mean, it's okay. You know, we we tell people it's okay if you feel uncomfortable if they're going back to play, and you're excited to watch baseball. You can feel both those things. Yeah, that's okay. 
Uh, I'm actually, I'll tell you what, I am looking forward to it on one level in that you don't have to care. This is not a baseball season. You know, this is not, Andy, you watch enough soccer. This is a cup competition. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is, it's even more random than it used to be. Like there's going to be some hilarious teams in the playoffs and that's fine. It's just baseball for the sake of being there and anything can happen and whatever. And like the like the Dodgers, because they only get to play the NL West, are gonna go like forty two and eight and still could lose in the first round because we have no idea how they compare to anyone else. Um so yeah, it's just it's just bonkers. So I don't care about I've written about this. I don't care about the National League designated hitter. I don't care about a runner starting on second in extra innings. I don't I don't care that managers are going to get really wacky with how they run a pitching staff because it's not a season. It's just this weird baseball cup. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's baseball and the, it's, it's, uh, Warhol's version of a baseball season. So let's, let's just enjoy it. So is this a weirder baseball cup than the one that, um, Josias Manzanillo had that shattered and <laughs> fractured his testicles? Um, that's a tough one. So I guess we've talked about this before, and I didn't. This, get... this is going to shatter all of our testicles <laughs> instead of just one guy. So I got back when I used to write for the Athletic. Halcyon days. I got in trouble twice. Uh, only, Wait, only twice. Both times uh, because of things I tweeted. Um, <laughs> I did that at NBC. We're we're alike. When um. There was a joke I always used to like to make when somebody would die. I said, we died doing what he loved the most, having a massive heart attack. Um, <laughs> and remember the, the Cubs, the Cubs scout, not the Cubs, not a Cub scout, but the Cubs scout, um, who the guy would have discovered uh, Kyle Schwarber. And everybody said he was a hell of a guy. Well, yeah. he, he died immediately. You know, he died completely unexpectedly. And I made that joke. And, uh, Supposedly, uh, some members of the Cubs organization complained that I had made a joke about that guy. So that was the first one. That one, I felt that one. I felt bad. It was it was it's not even that good of a joke. But the other one, remember, um, Yachty got hit in the balls. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Two, two years ago. Yeah. And um, I made a joke about. Um, about Josias Manzanillo and how I was I was young and thought that was hilarious and now I'm old and I still think it's hilarious and um, actual like so Cardinals fans the best fans of baseball came out after me but they didn't really do they um, they found they saw in my bio that I wrote for the Athletic and they didn't complain to John they complained to that like the head of content <laughs> and he's like what the hell is this. And he looks at it, and then he complains to John, and then I get this panicked uh, message from John to uh, to knock it off. Um, so, I don't know why that Josias brought it all back. Those are the only two times I really got in trouble. Well, if it if it makes you feel better, my brother and, and Andy, you may remember this. Uh, my brother got uh, uh, made John Arguello, uh may he rest in peace, great guy who used to run Cubs Den, receive a phone call from Jeff Garland. Upset about something my brother had written, <laughs> wrapping up a Cubs game, uh, to the point where Jeff Garland called 
the 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 editor of of Cubs Den, the sadly departed John Aguayo at that point. Um, so that there's one, uh, and then was it about Garland? Yes, because okay, Garland good. Garland had sung the seventh inning stretch as punishingly as he always does. Yes, and then was in the booth for the interview, and it was awful. It's so always my, awful. So when my brother was recapping the game that night, he simply wrote, "If you want to be down, down on the ground, Jeff Garland." And uh, Jeff Garland did not care for that so much. Right. So I think Arguello made my brother write an apology or like suspended him from the site for a few days. So I, then I went nuts and then went after Garland on Twitter because I was young and rebellious then at age 30, 31 or whatever I was. Um, so there's one. And then uh, my compadre at uh, the Faxis uh, Dale, Matt McClure, had a famous hockey agent call him at work over something he tweeted. So you're not alone. <laughs> I, when I was living in Traverse city, Michigan, they had a comedy festival and yes, I know it well. And Garland was there. And one of my friends had tickets and he's like, Hey, you want to go see Jeff Garland? He's the guy from curb. And I'm like, eh, are they free? He's like, yeah, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. right. That's, that's the first and only question. They weren't worth it. Free tickets to that. He it was he was beyond terrible. Apparently, he doesn't actually have an act. He just gets up and starts talking and expects to get stuff from the audience that he's going to riff on. And it was it was agony, just no, fun- agony. And I thought you've never been funny when you're not in a room with Larry David ever. Yeah, I, I as far as I can tell, his only talent is being friends with Larry David and. Uh, in taking an heroic amount of cocaine. <laughs> um, that's that's all I can tell he can do. And, and his interviews with Len and when it was JD or or Bob Brenly, I would put those up as, as some of the hardest television to get through in history. Yeah, and Len seems uh, to genuinely enjoy him. Yeah, Len seems to think it's great because he's a huge Curb Your Enthusiasm show. And I should come clean. I hate Curb your enthusiasm. Oh, see, I like I like Curb a lot, but I um, Garland could disappear and no one would miss him. <laughs> no one would notice, but yeah, but he, he Len uh, thinks he's great. However, and I love Len, and he's a super sweet guy and a smart guy. Len also thinks Trevor Bauer is interesting. Yes. so not all yes, of Len's opinions are worth their weight in gold. Kyle, do you want to bitch about Jeff Garland while we're here? I don't want to leave you out. I... <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> you guys got it covered. Uh, Bauer is a goddamn lunatic, and I do agree that's a weird Len Casper obsession for as smart as he otherwise seems to be. <laughs> well, Len's like a lot of baseball guys where he doesn't want to get into anything controversial, um, which is not his job. Fair enough. Right. And so that's a lot of baseball writers because, remember, baseball stands for who we are as a country. (laughs) And a lot of baseball people just mistake someone talking for someone having something to say. It's the same with Joe Madden, who quickly proved that just because you're talking doesn't mean you have something to say. Um, But Trevor Bauer takes it to the extreme. But there's so many baseball people like, oh, well, he, he gives us quotes. He must be interesting. Yeah, and I agree with that with with Joe, but I think that that has a tremendous amount of value 
for a manager. Oh, it absolutely does. To simply simply have the media feel like, oh, Joe's talking twice today. We have to be at both, which means the players get left alone. <laughs> right, they can he actually knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, he would just <laughs> and he, he would just talk. He got tired of answering the same questions, so he would just start telling stories. <laughs> I mean, it, it was part of the plan, but that doesn't mean Joe Madden didn't like to hear himself talk. Oh no, he loved it. He had Absolutely. he had an audience that well, and it's the same. It's it's the exact same thing. It's the reason Ryan Dempster thinks he's funny. Right. Baseball right. writers just laugh. To like, oh, that's good. <laughs> and he's not funny, but he constantly is getting reinforcement that the things he's saying is funny. And to him, then all of a sudden he's funny. Well, he's not. <laughs> well, he's not. <laughs> they're simply, they're, they're baseball writers. Most of them are terribly maladjusted. And you're talking to them and they're, ooh, he's talking to us. And he said something that was remotely funny. I, I'll just chuckle at it. It's the same with Joe and his stories. You know, it would he made it very easy for writers to fill their notebook, and that's you know they could get the fuck out of there. So they were happy to talk to him. Um, yeah, yeah, Bernstein used to talk about it. baseball, especially, but it happens with any sport. There's nothing quite as uncomfortable as listening to a group of writers force laugh at something yeah. that someone said because it's almost never funny. It's like, well, what are you laughing at exactly? I don't. But they don't. No writer ever wants to make someone feel like they've made a bad joke. No, because they're going to need to go talk to them. Right. Like tomorrow. So they're not going to not um, suck up to them. Do they, though? <laughs> I mean, I, this is my thing. So remember when, before everything shut down, we didn't get to talk about this. Before everything shut down and the NBA said, we're not going to let the press into the dressing room anymore. The locker room. As, as protection and every single sports writer lost their mud over it and basically treated it as the end of the business let me ask you something would we really suffer as a sporting society if reporters were never allowed in a dressing room or locker room again well i'll tell you you should listen to episode which one was it 64 <laughs> of this podcast when I had, <laughs> okay because bruce miles and i talked about it and uh-huh. the the danger of it is is that once that's taken away, it never comes back. And you think, well, big deal. Who needs? I don't need to hear clips from some guy talking with his dong out after a game. <laughs> but the difference becomes then that the the teams, like if if it's up to the Cubs, they don't need the rest of the media anymore. They have they no. have Marquee and they have Cubs.com. They could give a shit if their players talk to anybody else. This isn't the '60s when. You know, you needed to read in the paper. Oh, that sounds. Ooh, the Cubs. This, these, these Cubs sound interesting. Maybe I'll go check out a ball game. I mean, you have lots of other ways now to find out if the if if you want to go watch them. But the the danger becomes then you only get you only get stuff that the team wants you to hear, ever. None of the other stuff ever gets unearthed because the other writers no longer have access to that. That's what's, that, that's what's where the, the danger other comes stuff, in. Though, well, I mean, he gave examples pretty extreme ones like um he was he just happened to be the guy who talked to milton when milton lost his shit and then ended up getting cut from the cubs the next day because of the stuff that he said uh he gave the example of the the associated press reporter who looked in mcguire's little cubby and saw androstein and wondered what it was and he had a lot he had much he had better examples than that but the players don't really. The players want to control the message and push it out on their own social, 
And then the mm-hmm. teams want to push it out on theirs. So the reason if you're a, a writer for some other organization, you're going to lose your shit is you're not going to, you're not going to have access to, that, access to that stuff anymore. And you're still supposed to be writing about it. So now your question, the original question though was, does it really affect us as a fan? Certainly not as much as it affects the writers. Right. But couldn't you glean most of that stuff from a shared zone or press conference area outside the dressing room? If players can come out and talk for five to ten minutes. Only if the, the fear, I think, is that it starts with you guys can't go in the locker room. There's, you know, there's a deadly virus going around. We're just going to bring guys out to talk in the interview room. Everybody go to the interview mm-hmm. room. That's fine. Then after a while, they're like, you know what, guys? Um, we're not sending anybody to the interview room. Um, and then... Yeah, I understand. Or the, the interview room is going to have Marquis and the guy from Cubs.com. And you guys could just get your stuff from... They're basically the pool reporters. You can get your shit from them. Right. That's what they're worried about. Whether it actually happens or not, that's what their concern is. I understand the slippery slope aspect, but that also suggests that no writer in Europe can do the job. <laughs> like, you know, because you don't, they don't go in dressing rooms in Europe. Right. In South America. And they, those writers do the jobs just as well because they have resources. I mean, these days, if you're getting anything salacious, it's coming from a guy's agent anyway. Yeah. Um, he's not whispering to you. When no one's around, his agent will tell you, or some hanger on, or some you know. So. I guess I guess their concern would be then. Okay, so we we hear this, and then we never get access to actually press the player about it ever. Because when do we ever talk to him? We don't. right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It still felt like it felt like some some prime writer whining to me about something that most people just don't care about. Well, and think, can be gotten around. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Most people don't care about it. And then there's the thought that, well, maybe there's, maybe maybe this is an opportunity to actually cover the games differently. Right. Maybe, how about more of an analysis of what actually happened on the, on the field? You know, spend your time breaking that stuff down. Because there's clearly more of an appetite for that, because we get more of that than we used to get. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want, um, you know, I'm, I'm not that enthused about the 8,000-word um, treatises about the Rapsodo machine, or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> but if there's more of a breakdown of of the of how the game tilted based on this outcome as opposed to that outcome, that stuff might be... Maybe that's more of a niche to fill anyway. Maybe the audience is better for that than the other stuff that we all can see, because we all can, we can see any of the games we want. Right. Well, yeah, I uh, actually, I take that, that back. Direction. Some Cub fans can see all of the games. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Not it's yet. <laughs> like... And it, it's definitely shifted in that direction in terms of like the analytical focus. But yeah, I mean, I think even still, like the beat writer and like the sports writing industry has moved at such a glacial pace going that like they still haven't totally realized that I don't need to read a game recap. I can yeah. just go scroll through the Cubs timeline and see what happened the next day. If I didn't, if I didn't watch it, which uh, 50, whatever it is, 50% of Chicago can't as, as you said, Andy, what have they been showing on marquee? Since? I don't, I don't get it. Andy, are you the only Andy one? Gets it, gets, so. yeah. <laughs> I get it. And I typically only have it on when I'm writing, something it makes good background 
Um, they, it's been a complete failure of <laughs> execution and imagination. Now, clearly, they weren't counting. They 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 never expected, as did none of us, that it was going to launch. They were going to get to spring training. They were going to show the same freaking spring training game four times a day to fill time. But then the world was going to stop and they weren't going to have any programming. But at the same time, they have known they were going to have this network for 11 years. They have been they have been counting down to it and they apparently didn't do anything to get ready for it. You would have thought that like for the last three or four years, they'd have been doing special, they'd have been They'd have hired a production team out because everybody thought they did. They had Cubs Productions that could do these little videos. And you would have thought, okay, they're, clearly they're working on like documentaries about the 89 Cubs and the 03 Cubs and the collapse of the 04 Cubs. Well, they wouldn't have been that. They wouldn't have done that because that would have been entertaining and it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have reflected well <laughs> right. on that. Or they're going to be doing all these, like, you know, the Yankees have those ridiculous Yankeeographies where they're going to just, they're going to do like an hour special on some of the great players of the past. They're going to have all this stuff. And so then when it launches and you run into the unfortunate, holy crap, there's nothing to show. You've got all this content. They didn't have any. They had a, they had a Sandberg game special that actually was pretty good. Um, They had, they kept playing the same countdown, which they had taken from MLB Network of, and they kept changing the beginning of it. So you couldn't tell what it was supposed to be. Apparently it was the top 20 moments in Wrigley Field history when it was originally made. And number two is the fucking Bartman game. That's just what you want to see as a Cub fan watching the countdown is the Bartman game at number two. Then they changed it to it was the top 20 moments in Cubs history, and they didn't edit the Bartman game out. And then they finally did, and they did this other stuff. They, they filmed exactly one of their panel shows where they had, like, you know, they... they They've got the freaking naked gun roster of analysts. They've got, you know, 18 guys, but they've only made two of them work during the pandemic. They did one of those. They did this. They have this terrible Cubs 360 show, uh, which is hosted by Cole Wright. And I, I know it's got to be hard to do because I've got four people on freaking Zoom trying to do it. But the topics are always terrible. The fourth guest is always a joke. A lot of the time it's freaking it's Pete McMurray a lot of the time. And now that the last week they just were grabbing random bloggers, uh, you know, Brett Taylor did it. Uh, Crawley did it. He's not even a blogger. He's just like, he just, this guy who like pops up in everything that the Cubs do. Um, it's been bad. And then their selection of supposedly they have access to the entire library of Cub games. Right. And they just picked the dumbest ones. And then they did this, they've, at first, they had them themed. They had like opening day memories, and you had you know they had the Tuffy Roads game. Well, that's great, and it's kind of but they lose, so that's they lose. Fun. <laughs> um, they had the they had like two games from the from early on in the it wasn't even the '95 season. It might have been the '96 season. But they were just bad. It's like <laughs> why is this a thing? Is um, that the 0 and 14 or 97? That was 97. I haven't seen any 97 games, but. Um, they should show all 14 of those. They should. They should, they should do a documentary on Kaplan living in the McDonald's parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the then kind of stuff. Should, then they should, sho- they should shove Kaplan back into that parking lot. <laughs> and that's where that's where he can quarantine. <laughs> and then they did a thing for a while. It was a mystery game where they wouldn't tell you what the game was going to be. Probably because they hadn't picked it yet. <laughs> right. And they so then know. they would just show it. And then, you know, because it's 2020, it would take you – you know, 
15, you'd see the lineup and who they were playing, figure out the year, go to baseball reference, and you'd know exactly what the game was. It's like, well, this isn't really a mystery. Why don't you just pick good ones? And they weren't even clever about it. It would be kind of cool to see games you never got to see. Like, can't we go back to, like, um, the 70s, see some of the guys that we grew up hearing how wonderful they were? You know, maybe some early 70s stuff where, you know, where Billy and Ron are actually playing. stuff like that. They've got to have that. That's got to be in freaking color. Um, there was none of that. It was, it's been bad. Are they replaying any, uh, any of that low major D1 college basketball that they had? Yeah. And then they had the weirdest filler material. They had Dayton hoops for a while. At least Dayton was good. Yeah. Watched that's, that's, it. Some, that's some red hot basketball action. For they it. had a uh, rerun a Bundesliga soccer on in the mornings. The stuff that was on FS1 was then replayed a couple of days later. <laughs> okay. Uh, the one thing they spared us from, though, was there, there were rumors the whole time that they were going to, because the score is their official radio partner, that they were going to do a video, a simulcast of Mully and Haw. Ugh, Who nice. the fuck would want to watch that? Well, they didn't, thankfully. They instead, they have a deal with uh, VEASAN, with Brent Musburger's Gambling Network, and they show that morning show, because they don't have to produce it, because VEASAN already produces it. They just, you know, pick up the feed. Um... So they were, they, were they giving hot tips on Korean baseball lines? Basically. <laughs> Are there any other kind? Yeah, it's only hot tips of you know, yeah. chubby Koreans playing baseball before dark. <laughs> so I, I haven't... I, is ESPN going to... They're not going to continue to show the Koreans, are they? Once this starts well, up? Well, I mean, for the rest of the month, I would think. Yeah, but, And I, I mean, can't, why not stick with it? What is well, ESPN yes. showing at 2 in the morning? No, I mean, um, yes, of course they should play it until baseball starts. But I wonder if anybody's going to complain. And like, no! I've been. It's, it's like your favorite show got canceled at mid-season and there was a cliffhanger and you never got to see it. Like, I tell oh. you what, every, every new parent that I know loves it because well, they're true. up at 3 in the morning. Um, well, maybe they'll just keep showing it. Maybe they sign up for the whole year, and I'm sure uh, Eduardo Perez and Carl Ravich just love continuing to get up. But then again, those two guys don't have to do it. You know, how about somebody who, you know, why don't you get somebody some experience by doing the Korean games in the middle of the night when it doesn't really matter if they screw it up or not? Jason Bonetti will do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't care. Yes, if, it, if there's a check, Jason will announce <laughs> yeah, it. Like... I mean, I I tried watching some of the Korean League when it started. I don't think it was asking too much for these guys to do their research on it. You're not doing anything else. But they had no idea who anyone was. No. And it's like, you, this is your job today. You have nothing else to do today but, like, spend an hour prepping for this broadcast. Just like, it would only take an hour, right, to, like, learn lineups and maybe a couple nuggets here and there and then they couldn't even be bothered to do that so then again trevor bauer shows up for an inning and a half um i don't know what other jamokes they had doing it but it it was too much it was too much well they got very excited when uh dan straley would pitch because like yeah i think we kind of know this guy i think we kind of know this guy um and it's not it's not the easiest stuff to research it's not like there's a abundance of information out there, but you could find it. You're ESPN. Call a guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like have a Zoom tutorial. But, well, I guess that's all behind us because we will have red hot American baseball action before you know it. 
So, well, I mean, we Kyle and I won't because we don't give them our key, but but people will. Yeah. Someone will. Some people will. Don't they, let them uh, illegally redistribute via Zoom to us. Crane says they are this close. <laughs> he doesn't say what. You can't see how close his fingers are to each other when he says it. They could be like, he's got like the old Michael Jordan wings poster thing going. But right. uh, they're, they're this close. And we almost had it right before uh, the, the world... Uh, all got sick at the same time. Right, but, but now it's worth less. Like, they're not going to... There's no way Comcast is going to give them the same deal now. Right, and then, of course, the the fear is, depending on how they negotiated the other rights, the one thing that could really hold it up is you think, all right, fine. Um, you're going to give Comcast, for, for just for the rest of the season, you're going to cut them a deal just to get it on the freaking air. Right. There's a good chance that if they... If their per subscriber cost to Comcast is less than what they negotiated with DirecTV and the other cable companies, they then have to honor that rate with yep. DirecTV yep. and the other companies. And they're just not going to do it. They're like, uh, uh, uh. even though somebody with an abacus could show them that <laughs> if you add all the Comcast subscribers in, even if you get, take a little less from the other guys, we make more money. They're not going to do it. They are not <laughs> giving back a penny. And that's what, that's so, what could hold it up. So this whole thing is just an utter disaster. Like, they're not going to make nearly what they were hoping to make for years. So that's going to give them even more license to cry poor come the winter. And, and I mean, they're, they're not going to be able to trade Chris Bryant because no one's going to pay Chris Bryant for a year uh, at this point. Well, unless they take advantage of the... August 31st trade deadline. <laughs> right. And go, so you hey. Can him, you can get him for an extra 12 games or whatever it is. <laughs> we get him for half a season. Right. Well, right. <laughs> you get him for more than you would have gotten at the July 31st trade <laughs> deadline. Higher percentage. <laughs> um, so this is, uh, I mean, yeah, if, if you're a Cubs fan, you, you probably would have been just as happy if they didn't play. It's like, cause, what are you hanging on to here? Um, and, and I, I guess we'll see how creative they want to get with this because it's 60 games. You could do anything. We were, we were saying on the pre-show meeting, our very detailed pre-show meeting, yep. I might add, lasted that, that they should go with a four-man rotation. Go with a three-man rotation. Who cares? Well, have these guys well, throw three innings. Yeah, what started that was somebody somebody asked Ross if he was considering a six-man rotation. They don't even have six stars. No, they don't have six stars. And why the fuck would you do that in the first place? This is the this is the time. Basically, you're starting with the stretch drive, and yes, your pitchers you're you're going to have to limit their pitches at the beginning, but you also are going to start with a bull or the clown car of a bullpen. You're going to have so many guys down there. You know, it's not like the Cubs have a surplus of quality arms. They're going, to have plenty, they're going to have quantity arms, if not quality arms. All right. remind We might not even have an answer for this, so I'm going to ask it anyway, though. Just because they have a 30-man squad, is it something where they have to declare a 26-man for each day? No. it's going to just like four it, guys out? It, it's going to start at 30 for, okay. I think, the first two weeks. Then it's going to go to 26. Okay. The idea is for the first two weeks, you you know your pitchers haven't gotten stretched out yet. You can stockpile some extra arms, or if you haven't quite figured out yet, you know which you know extra players you want to keep, you can keep an extra player or two. Um, so the, 
what I'm what I don't think anybody's really sure on though is the the freedom to shuttle guys back and forth to South Bend. Um, it sounds like if you t- if you have to take a guy off the sixty man roster, you can't put him back on, which is right. why nobody names sixty players. Some the White Sox think they only named forty four. The Cubs named fifty. The idea is we've got a month. We're going to be adding to it, and we're probably just going to f- keep a few spots empty, so that if we have a COVID rash or whatever, we can go grab somebody else. Um, or if you make trades, you have to be able to account for the extra roster spots, that kind of stuff. Um, so early on, you you would be able to stack the your bullpen pretty deep, right? Um, meaning that it it's seems a- even even less of a reason then to give frickin' Tyler Chatwood any starts. If, if anything, you want that guy being your multi-inning reliever, which should be more valuable to you to have him doing that two or three times a week than having him blow through 80 pitches in two innings because he's Tyler <laughs> Chatwood, and then you sit him out for five more days. They, no, it, it doesn't even make sense to have five-man rotation. You're talking about 12 starts. Whereas if you went four-man... And you said they're only going to throw four or five innings, but they're going to do it twice a week now. You know, you get 15 outings, and you still get 60 to 75 innings out of these guys. Yeah, I mean, if you're the if you're the Cubs, the idea should be to try to get Darvish, Lester, and Hendricks as many starts as you can. Maybe not even Lester. <laughs> I mean, well, like, do, yeah. we, do we even really need to throw Lester out there? But, He's the one guy I wouldn't be I wouldn't trust to be able to do it. But like, if if there's not a per, more perfect um, window here to try that that sort of piggyback model that people have talked about, where you have or handcuff model, we have guys. It's like this guy's throwing four innings no matter what, and the next guy comes in and throws two or three, and then the next time this spot comes around, we flip it. The guy who threw two or three innings, he's going to throw four or five, and the guy and you know the other guy's going to, and you do it like every three days. Four days. This is the time to try it. Yeah, I mean, somebody's uh, going to do it. I mean, little Craig Council is up there, uh, yep. coming up with crazy ways to use his pitching staff. And I don't, you know, Dave Martinez isn't the most creative guy in the world, but he's got the pitching staff to do it with in Washington. I mean, his goal should be to get Scherzer and Strasburg as many starts as he possibly can. And he's got right. he's got Corbin too. So we actually, you know, try to draw it up so they're pretty much the th- they're going to get almost all the starts somehow. Or just out there as often as you can. You don't even have to be starts. Right. Just, you know. Yeah. On your, on your side day, you're going to be in the bullpen and you pitch there. two innings. Well, <laughs> so. how, how much of an advantage is that going to be for the Astros to have Dusty in the dugout this year? <laughs> well, he, he was – wasn't he saying he's not going to do it? <laughs> like, wasn't he, like, saying oh, I'm no, Dusty's scared going- of being in the dugout in Houston? Oh, he also said, though, he's got he's got 100 masks packed. Uh, but he's gonna wear the same one every game, so that okay. Yeah. But that's yeah, you know, it's just what he does. It's like you got you got thirteen pitchers on a staff, but you're only gonna pitch prior and wood. <laughs> and then people were wondering, does he have a little hole in it so he can stick the so he can stick the toothpick through it, which I'm sure he clearly. Does. But yeah, I mean, there was it. It's the twins, right? That they have two coaches that were one was sixty six, one was sixty eight, and they're just not gonna coach this year. Right. And the coaches are pissed, but the twins basically said, "Look, it's not." You're at the age range where we don't want you to risk it. So you're not going to. But, you know, if, at least the Cubs have an experienced, steady manager, a guy who can – oh, that's right, they have David Roth. 
They have David Ross. But it's funny, Theo was spinning that as this is the perfect time to have a first-time manager because he's not set in his ways. Basically, what Theo was saying about saying it is, all I can of, tell all, him what to do. Right, all <laughs> of us nerds have already figured out how he should manage, and he really can't say no now. So this is going to be great. I mean, I agree with that. Like, you're, he, he can try anything. No one's going to get fired or hired no. off this stupid-ass season. So you, you can try anything. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Theo is looking at it and saying, we're going to do some goofy shit with our short well, pitching rotation because we only have four starters as it is. Yeah, I hope they do because they have they have a flawed roster, so you need a, a different approach. Plus, if we're going to watch this, that was the time. I mean, that would be entertaining. It may be a right. disaster, but you're not going to know what's not going to work until you try it. We, so are, try it. we already know we're going to get more of Albert Almora than we planned oh. on. Oh, because because Schwarber's going to be the DH. Now they say, like, oh, we'll rotate it around. Bullshit. Schwarber's going to be the DH. And they'll they'll slide half over to left because they think Elmore is better defensively. P.S. He's not. Can they... Do we know... Can they DH for Albert? <laughs> I don't think they can. Batting but eight, they should. Batting ninth is Darvish. <laughs> minute, I thought you were using the DH. We are. Uh, we are. Schwarber yeah. is DHing for Albert Elmora. DH is DHing for Albert Elmora. The, the the one rule that they kept that I didn't think they would is the three pitcher um, rule for relief. Yeah, I was going to ask if they kept that. I they did, yeah, they are keeping. They that. did keep it. it. I, I thought, well, they'll punt that for the year, but nope, they're keeping it. Fine. Even more reason to get creative. Yep. Um. But you know, we don't even know how many of these Cubs actually play. Like Chris Bryant has a small baby, right? Oh no, he's didn't you? On he posted a picture on Instagram tonight of him and the small baby on the private plane flying to Wrigley. Oh right. Well, he's rock stupid. Well, he's uh, the Boris clients are all going to play. They he made that abundantly clear two months ago. He said we're ready. Our my guys are all going to play, and they're all ready the minute it starts. So. Rizzo's Rizzo's wife's pregnant, or did they have a child? They have Kevin, the dog. Right. I believe Kyle Hendricks has a small baby, a small child at home. So I, the idea that the Cubs roster, if I can't even remember what it is, which I can't, is going to show up on mass is not a given. But I. Um, but yeah, I. Hey, I as long know. as Josh Fegley and Danny Hulton show up, they're fine. Then everything's fine. And Ian Miller. We need, Ian, we need Ian Miller. It's funny. People have been like, I think the coach should keep Ian Miller instead of Albert. And I'm like, well, you know, that sounds good um, because Ian's fast and Albert's not. Neither can hit. Um, I'm I'm already I, annoyed I run, at the idea of Nick Castellanos hitting 320 oh, yes. as, a D, as a DH. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. Like, well, what the fuck? It's like, well, we didn't know there would be a right. DH slot to put him at. But you know damn well, had there been a DH slot, they still wouldn't have signed him because – Tommy oh, think, said, "No, there's no, there's, I, there's no money." I think if there had been a DH slot, they would have found a way. I think, I think, I, I mean, I, I know money was the big thing, but like, you know, you can't, you can't cheap out on a DH slot if you know it's coming. And uh, I think they would have signed him then, oh. maybe if only for a year, because like he was willing to well, sign like a one-year deal. Because it, it dragged on so long, and he was waiting for them. He was waiting he for was them. He was purposely like batting other offers away. <laughs> right. And finally they're like, Nick, it's not coming. 
Like, <laughs> They're not going to sign. You're going to go play in Cincinnati and like, like it. Fine. I guess I'll go be a rep. Didn't he put an opt-out in that deal with Cincinnati just so he could see if the Cubs will sign him then? <laughs> Probably. If there's a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, right. Can I opt out of this? Uh, if a global confluence of events brings the designated hitter to the National League. I can opt out of this anytime before August 1st. And they're like, yeah, sure, that's ridiculous. (laughs) You can have that, moron. Moron. Yeah, well, I mean, mean, obviously we're planning the Cincinnati Reds World Series parade because everyone told me they're the new hotness in this league. So, you know. I'm sure the Cubs are going to sign Yasiel Puig. And they'll put him in left, and then they can just DH work. Okay, but I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, <laughs> so would I. Fine with I that. would be fine with it too, except <laughs> it would require them cutting a check. Although you only have to pay him for two months. You have to pay him for two months. I mean, what what check can't you cut? You know, what's it going to make it most over a third of a season? A, a million? Two million? Who cares? I thought it was funny when Ricketts was ticking off all of the the revenue that they don't get when they don't have fans. And one of them was parking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, God. Jesus Christ. Well, all six spots. That oh, you yeah, right. All seven spots that you charge for. That's uh, that you're missing. Parking. For God's sakes. That's when you know they're just, they don't even bother to make the lies good. They just <laughs> do them. No, because most people just eat it up. People so, take them at their word. Yeah. They're the people that brought you a World Series. How could they be fibbing? So, it, I guess an interesting thing will be how will they use? You know, you've got the, you've got young, talented guys like or purportedly talented guys like Braylon, <laughs> like Braylon Marquez and and Adbert Elzalay, who Elzalai Elzalai. Are you really just gonna have them? hang out in South Bend all year, wouldn't you be better off with those two arms in your bullpen? Well, I think Alzelay is going to be part of this. Isn't he? he wasn't going to be yeah, if they'd have the... started on time. Um, right, but now you don't have a AAA to send him to. Right. That's why so... I'm hoping that, the, even and especially with Braylon, they got the lefty who throws 100 miles an hour. Um, yeah. Why not try that instead of, uh, hey, it's Dylan Maples again. Okay, well, you're talking to Dylan Mabels' last fan, so I'm I'm willing to give Dylan Mabels one more try because it's got to work. How many more tries? <laughs> Until it works, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I think you you of course if you get thirty guys to start, you know, have those be your last two arms, toss them into a couple games, and see whatever. How bad could Braylon Marquez be? He throws 102 miles an hour. Because, yeah, like, you could divvy your bullpen up into, like, short relievers and long relievers, but have more than just, instead of the one long reliever who just sits there, and in <laughs> case the game gets tied and goes 18 innings. Which it can't anymore. You know, you could have, right. Well, it could still get there, but it would it would really be terrible. Actually, it's, it's, it'll happen to the Cubs where that runner on second will score every inning. <laughs> or teams. never score. They it just keep scoring. It's like, well, this is really this is going to bring offense to the game. And then it's like, if you look at the extra innings, it was like, okay, both teams scored one in the 10th, one in the 11th, one in the 12th, one in the 13th. It just went on for a day and a half. Um, but you could have long relievers like, yeah, that's where Chatwood could be. Um, Chatwood and Change of pace. Alec Mills could be down there. Marquez and Elzelay. Chatwood, Mills, and Elzelay could be those handcuffed guys. 
Like you just you just pair Azalai and Quintana and say Jose's throwing no more than four or no more than five, and Azalai's coming in for two or three, and then three days later we're flipping them, and that's how we're going to do it all year. And that's that's what they should do. And that that if it works, even if two of the three guys work and Azalai, Chatwood, and and Mills, that's how you that's how you shield your short bullpen. Because you don't want Craig Kimber out there anymore, and you gotta ha- you gotta have to. I love um, it though. Like, oh, he's gonna be great. He's, he's got a full spring training this year. Oh, oh yeah. and then they stopped, and they went home for three months. So it's just like last year. <laughs> it's just like last year. <laughs> Remember that? So wor- this gonna work. That works so well. Kimbrough's like, uh, oh fuck, really? We're going home again? I gotta go back to the damn ju- junior college to throw again? <laughs> again? Uh, um, that's not how it works. Yeah, that's not how it's gonna work. So. So why not do everything you can to make sure you don't have to go into that bullpen as, as, as often as you might normally? Yeah. And the other guy who's affected by this is they clearly were going to send Nico to Iowa to get a little seasoning. Well, there's no Iowa to get seasoning. He's your means three-day he, second base. Right yeah. Now. Instead of wasting all those bats on the decaying husk of Jason Kipnis. Or David Bodie. Yeah. See, Bodie, I think, is going to be in the – I think there's going to be a weird rotation. See, well, I was hoping, I'm hoping they come to their senses and say, all right, Albert is simply an extra outfielder. He's just not good. And that half would get more time in center, even though that's not that great. But still, it's better than... It's but the better. idea would be Schwarber plays some left, and when he's DHing... Um, Brian plays I, left. Brian plays left, and Bodie plays third. At least against to get an extra right-handed bat against lefties. I think they'll do that quite a bit. Maybe with the great Steven Souza. DHing instead. No, Sousa being right. So, so Hayward doesn't. Oh, that's have right to because that's fire. right because we do we never want Hayward to ever get another at bat against the left because <laughs> if, we, if we can help it, we have, <laughs> like, It's been long proven that <laughs> that's not going to work. It doesn't end well. So don't bother. <sighs> well, it'll be nice Who's when ready? we get. Who's ready? Kyle, you excited? Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. it. Well, it will be. It'll at least be interesting when, um, when this is the kind of stuff we can hash out instead. If of, it happens, let's let's oh, allow for the possibility they never get to this. I'm not allowed. What if that. What if Manfred gets sick? What if he's the one to catch like the serious case of COVID? I don't know. Or would or anybody know? Owner? Would anybody notice? Which baseball owner is the Jerry Jones of baseball? Who really <laughs> runs this league? Yeah, I, I don't even know who it would be. Uh, it's not the Steinbrenners anymore. Oh, well, yeah. Um, I think Jim Crane thinks it's him. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure Jim pretty Crane sure Jim Crane, he's positive the Ricketts, that it's I think him. it's them. Um, yeah, are they, can we get their emails? Or Laura and Todd emailing Dad and going, Tom thinks he runs baseball. And the... <laughs> And our ki- <laughs> and our kids don't know that we run baseball too. It's like, okay, Todd, <laughs> shut up. So yeah, but if Manfred or like one one or two of the owners get sick, maybe that would stop this. Like they come to visit summer camp for a day, see how everybody's doing, show their face, show there's no hard feelings or negotiations, and they're immediately in the hospital. So I, I thought- shouldn't laugh, but I'm I'm laughing. So I thought it was interesting. One, you know, they're you know with the taking names and statues down and stuff. There was an announcement that the Reds are taking Marge Schott's name down inside the stadium. And I'm like, it was up? 
I thought that was the, I thought that was the University of Cincinnati. Who put it always oh, University? Because I thought the Reds really put her name she, on something. She donated the money, well, of course, for Cincinnati to have that baseball stadium. But now they're taking her name off it, and now they're naming it after Ian Happ. What's she gonna do? Take her money away? I don't think so. Yeah. She did. Her hand will just come up out of the ground. <laughs> Still her holding rape. a bag of dog hair in one hand. <laughs> Cigarette. Trying to rub it on Lou again. <laughs> her racist, smoky hand comes out of the dirt. So, so speaking, so speaking of Lou, a marquee analyst, Lou Pinella, who's seen on of here uh, once. Is he sober? Oh, I hope not. It would be much better if he's not. I don't know. Do either of you see the Ken Griffey Jr. Senior documentary that they had on MLB Network? So Lou gets interviewed, and it's great because Lou is um, sitting out by the pool in his shorts with his legs sort of crossed. So there's a lot of there's stuff hanging, and it's just like the, the interviewer at no point thought, uh, "Lou, do you want to go put some pants on?" No, I'm good. Let's roll. I'm good. Let's roll. He, he was a delight, but he always is. Um, no, I, I didn't see it. The only thing I saw was John Boy's Seattle Mariners documentary, which is fantastic. You should all check that out. It's on YouTube. Uh, very well done. Uh, and and I really had no idea how weird the Mariners were uh, until I saw this. But it, it is it is exquisite. All right. That's my recommendation for all of you out there who are who are intelligently staying home and not putting other lives in danger. And if you are one of those people in line to get into some terrible bar at Clark Street, um, I hope something falls on you. <laughs> that's 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 my that's my advice for the day. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. So all right. Uh, hey, we killed an hour. Not bad. Another one down. <laughs> Can't wait to do it again. <laughs> yeah, so they're going to play three exhibition games. Are they? I didn't see this, actually. Yes, which I would guess. I mean, Against the Brewers? Well, wouldn't the White the Cubs, Sox? Yeah, wouldn't the Cubs just play the... Wouldn't you just play the Sox three times and be like, the hell, why are we traveling places? Or you can just play yourself with all your 60 guys, too, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I'm marquee, I want to... It's like, I'm... We, we're showing all this stuff because we have nothing else to show. <laughs> we have nothing else We're to showing do. the inner squad because, honestly, people need to watch – people want to watch baseball, and we have no other content, so it's going to be on. Um, it will be interesting to see what, what Marquee can actually cover. I mean, the freaking all – everything's happening right out their back door because right in their studio over there in Gallagher Way, it's like you would think – but I was amazed they had – um, they didn't. They didn't do a special when the season came, got announced. It was going to happen. They didn't. Well, do... I have I have a little bit of inside info there. Oh, good. Uh, because I know some people I work with are looking into this, but uh, the rest of baseball media uh, have to apply game by game uh, to be inside the stadium. Uh, I, it used to be as long as you had your ID, your card, you and you were on the list, you could just come and go to any game you saw fit but you have to schedule the games you will be covering ahead of time and the Cubs will have to allow you know, I, this clearly will not apply to marquee employees right. I would think but it might uh, and I would imagine the only option marquee would have is to go in there now before anyone's in there 
and just install a bunch of automatic cameras uh, that don't need to be manned, and that's how they could cover summer camp and uh, and 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 the exhibition, the Inter Squad games. Yeah, because you're not going to have people actually manning cameras. Yeah, I absolutely think they should be doing that, but given the way they've done everything else, they're not. They're not. That would, <laughs> yeah, they're... That would require foresight and planning, and that does, neither of those things seem to be real high on their list of accomplishments. So that's another. <laughs> but I you just thought if. I know this content sounds, you know, stupid. Is anybody going to watch an hour-long show about the 60-man roster? Yes, people would have watched it. You just had to produce one, and they didn't. Right. Would anybody <laughs> Would anybody have wanted to see breaking news, baseball's back, and you talk about it for an hour and repeat it over and over again? Yes, and they didn't do it. So, I it's just the lack of creativity at that network is amazing. It's like, why did you even want to do this? You're not going to make any money. And it's and you're doing a shit job. Congratulations. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not surprised, but I mean, I am. I'm. I'm your 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 description of the scope of it is surprising. <laughs> like how uncreative it is, how helpless they are. Yeah, I mean, their actual uh-huh. the the actual games they did in spring were fine. It looked like every other baseball game ever. No better, but certainly no worse. So that part's okay, although you thought you might be doing something different, and they didn't. So the games will be fine, um, but they've got Maybe. 21 Maybe. other hours in the day, and that's not going to be so fine. Well, hour pre and post, so let's say 19 hours. In hour the day. pre and post, they're going to replay the game and the pre and post, and they do have a <laughs> lot of uh, they have a lot of quality infomercials that they play overnight, which is fine. You don't expect programming overnight, um, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, it could all, who knows, maybe they had this um, regular season that they're going to really blow it out and they haven't had a chance to activate it yet. But I I see no evidence that that's actually going to happen. So. Going to be something. All right, guys. So. All right, uh, good boys. uh, Welcome back. It's good to have you guys back. Gang. Good to be back. Yeah, the baseball bunch. All right, right, bunch. Bunch. All right, so uh, till next time, whenever that is. Um, oh, we'll be here for spring training or summer camp next week. Yes, there should be. There, <laughs> should, there should be news. Should be news finally. And maybe schedule some, release. Maybe some of it will be good. Yeah, that's another thing. I don't understand why we don't have a schedule yet. It seems very strange. I'm sure it's not strategic to hold it out like a carrot. It's we don't know what it is yet. That's yeah. We haven't done it. We haven't done it. It, the, the whole holdup uh, yeah. probably is who's going to go play the White Sox in a cornfield in Iowa, because they seem hell bent to go do that, which just seems like a terrible idea. Well, I, uh, you know what, I'm done. Right. I'm, I'm, I give up. Yeah. I give up. <laughs> I just give up. All right, guys. Till next time. Talk to you soon.